Thanks for joining us for another inspiring message from Elevate Church in Perth, Australia. For more information about Elevate Church or to contact us, head to our website, elevatechurch.me and take us wherever you go by downloading our Elevate Church AU app, available wherever you download your apps. Hey Elevate, my name is Beth and I'm part of a team that heads up Gateway Church down in sunny Melbourne and woo, I was so excited when Mark asked me to share today. I felt really honoured because, you know, we adore Marco and Louis. We spent a lot of time with them. We've had many meals with them. We've lived with them and my family really owes a lot of the strength that it has today and who they are today to all the love and support that Marco and Louis have given us over the years. I don't think I can say I know any other people that walk out this faith journey with Jesus with such authenticity and freedom. And we are just so thankful for them. And so I'm a little bit jealous that you guys get to see their faces way more often, but happy to be an honorary Elevate-ite or whatever you'd like to call me for the day. I really feel blessed to share with you. And, you know, I've been thinking a lot about seasons lately, particularly being in Melbourne in lockdown. I've had all the time in the world to just stare at the garden. And I've just got this new appreciation for the unique seasons and all that they bring. You've got autumn with the deciduous trees and the harvest that it brings. There's spring with the new beginnings and the fresh budding flowers. You've got summer, which I love, the warm glow of summer and the growth that that encourages. And then there's the awkward cousin winter, the one no one wants around. Like if there is one season that I struggle with the most, it's winter. It is gloomy. It is grey. I think the only vibe that I could probably take from a winter is possibly the fashion. But, you know, just like nature has these seasons, our life has this ebb and flow to it, these moments of real productivity and growth, and then these times that are really hard and cold like winter. And I guess you could say that at the moment our world is in this like perpetual winter. You don't have to turn on the news to know that we are in an unprecedented hard time and it just feels like this winter is going on forever. So I thought it would make sense that um, I share this morning on the seasons of winter that we can walk through. Because even though we know that winter is cyclic, that winter doesn't last forever, sometimes when you're in the middle of it, it is hard to stay positive, to hold hope for the other side. But I follow a God of hope who holds hope for me, even when I don't have the energy. And I'm believing that today he's going to speak such encouragement into your walk, no matter what you are journeying through today. Because winter, winter is not easy. But one thing is for sure, and that is that we all go through it. You know, St. John of the Cross in his famous piece, A Dark Night of the Soul, says it's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when. So we all go through winter, but we kind of all rather 
skip it. Even though we know at some level that they're necessary, you know, if I look back at my life at the seasons that I got the most growth out of or I learned the most from, they weren't necessarily seasons that I would choose to walk through. They weren't the most entertaining. But, you know, one thing I can see looking back is that God can do his greatest work in our hardest walks. God can do his greatest work in our toughest walks. But we don't like to talk about those walks. We don't love sharing stories of pain. And I think for me, it's because I just am so aware that there are so many people carrying so much that are going through a lot and people could say worse. But I just felt God say while I was preparing for this for me to share my story because he said to me, the hero of your story is not how impressive your pain is. It's the proximity of my presence. What I do know from the hard seasons that I have walked through and am walking through is that Winter can feel like a lot of things. It can feel like pain. It can feel like hiding. It can feel like a numbness or a a silence. It can feel like a, a stripping or a pruning. It can feel like desperation. It can feel hard. And, you know, I understand circumstances feeling hard when you're disobedient to God's voice. There is a divine logic to when God directs us, yeah? So, you know, don't gamble your life away. It'll be hard for you. Or don't let substances control you. It will be hard for you. But sometimes through no fault of our own, circumstances are tough. How do we reconcile that? Well, I actually saw this exact wrestle, thank goodness it's not just me, in the Bible, in Matthew chapter 14. It's that story, you might know it, of when Jesus walked on water. So I want to read it to us again today. Verse 22 says, Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountain by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone. And the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. The disciples had hit a storm. And the story goes on to say that in the middle of their fear, they looked out into the wind and the waves and they saw Jesus. And one of the guys says, Jesus, if it's you, tell me to get out of the water. So Jesus says, come. And this guy gets out of the boat and he immediately sees the wind and the waves around his ankles and he freaks out and he starts to sink. And it says then in verse 31, as he cried out to Jesus, immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. 
Look, if we go to the top of that story again together, it says that immediately Jesus made the disciples get in the boat and go on ahead of him. But in verse 24, it then says the winds were against them. Hang on. But they were being obedient to Jesus. I mean, I can understand things not going well for Jonah. Like God said to him, uh, go to Nineveh, and he fled to Tarshish. If God tells you to go to Melbourne and you flee to the Whit Sundays, no one's going to blame you, but it's probably not going to go well for you. What if, like the disciples, Jesus tells you to get in the boat and you go and you find yourself with the wind and the waves against you, in the middle of a storm, you find yourself in the middle of winter. Uh, my husband Ricky and I found ourselves in the middle of a bit of a winter season a few years ago. Ricky is a really gifted, really clever chippy, a carpenter, and as long as I'd known him for since we are teenagers, he just knew that it wasn't what he wanted to do and it wasn't that he wasn't thankful for the, for the work but after 14 years of that same wrestle, it started to um, weigh on him a bit and he started to ask himself those questions about where he thought he wanted to be by that point. And so in order for him to avoid burnout, uh, we decided that he would take some long service leave and have a rest and so we did that. And the night before he was due to go back to work, he called me while I was at church and said, babe, can you bring home my tools? Because he'd been doing some work at church. I was like, yeah, sweet, no worries. And I popped his tools in the car. And as I was driving home, I so distinctly heard God say to me, tell Ricky to put down his tools. <sighs> now, if you know me, God help us, I'm the practical one in the relationship. You know, I, when it comes to decisions, I like to have all the ducks lined up before we make a call and I like to see the ledge before I make the faith leap. So, you know, I just found myself freaking out a little going, uh, God, uh, great, love that for us, uh, but have you thought of this or are you really sure this is right for us because of this? Like I was shining light on some perspective that God didn't have, but I felt so intensely him say, tell Ricky to put down the tools. And I was so convicted by it that when I got home, I raced inside, I found him by the fire and I was like, babe, God told me to tell you to put down the tools. And he just burst out laughing because I didn't realise that for the past few months, he was sensing the same thing. And that night by the fire, he realised that time was ticking and he said to God, God, this is all great, but you're going to have to get Beth on board <laughs> because he knew it was a miracle that I would tell him to leave full-time work. No, just, just kidding. I can be faith-led. But we felt so convicted by it and we knew that that meant for him to finish up with carpentry and, and start doing his own business and we felt such a peace about it. So finally we felt that like after 14 years of this season, he finally told us to get in our boat and go. And there was so much momentum and joy around it and he was just about to launch his products when Ricky had an accident and he broke his foot in two places and snapped a ligament. And all of a sudden this most active guy you've ever met could not 
walk, let alone work or, or cook or get in the garden or do his triathlons, you know, the most active guy stopped in his tracks. And we were like, this is not the plan. You know, there's only so much Red Bull TV a guy can watch. And we just felt like it was such a, a real strain, not only physically because he's in a lot of pain for longer than they expected, but emotionally and financially he couldn't work in that season. And when you're in that kind of a winter, even people's well-intended encouragements can be hard to digest. You know, if anyone had said to me in that time, things happen for a reason, I would have been like, okay, Karen, like, appreciate it. But we really felt like everything was being stripped and everything was being pruned back. We were in the middle of a dark night of the soul and a real winter. What do you do when you feel like you are following God's lead but you get let down? What do you do when you feel like you're being faithful with what God is asking you to do but you get met with disappointment? What if like the disciples, you feel like you're being obedient and you get in the boat and you go, often at a great cost, only to be met with the wind and the waves, to find yourself in the middle of a storm? Well, I derived a lot of encouragement from the story of Gideon in the Bible, so I want to take us there as well. And I think one of the reasons why I really resonate with the story of Gideon is because he was so fearful and so human you know he really struggled with the fact that God had called him to lead his people and so in Judges chapter 6 and 7 um, the Bible talks about how God spoke to Gideon who was afraid because he was about to face this battle with this horrible group of people called the Midianites and he just kept asking God for a sign that God was in it it's like, yep, God, I'm there, but I need a sign. And God would give him one. And he'd be like, great, good, can I have another sign? And God would give him another one. And he was still petrified, which <laughs> I can so resonate with and is so human. But I want to take you to Judges chapter 6, uh, verse 2. It, he was so scared, and I don't blame him because it's hard facing fear. And these verses really set up for us what he was facing. It says, The Midianites were so cruel that the Israelites made hiding places for themselves in the mountains, caves, and strongholds. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, marauders from Midian, Amalek, and the people of the east would attack Israel Camping in the land and destroying crops as far away as Gaza, they left the Israelites with nothing to eat, taking all the sheep, goats, cattle, and donkeys. Oh, can you imagine? Winter just makes you feel like you are left with nothing. You finally start paying off debt and your car breaks down. You finally get over an illness and you find yourself with an injury. And, you know, Ricky and I just felt like, oh, we can't catch a break. Verse 5 says these enemy hordes coming with their livestock and tents were as thick as locusts. They arrived on droves of camels too numerous to count and they stayed until the land was stripped bare. So Israel was reduced to starvation by the Midianites. Then the Israelites cried out to the Lord for help. And I know at Ricky and my darkest, lowest point, we felt like we were stripped bare. And sometimes it takes getting to that point to cry out to God but in the middle of that barrenness and in the middle of that fear God meets Gideon 
And he says this, chapter 7, verse 9, get up, go down against the camp because I'm going to give it into your hands. If you are afraid to attack, go down to the camp with your servant. Uh, If you're afraid, just head towards the fear. (laughs) Like, just, if you're scared of something, don't just go visit it. Go have a little shop, have a little sniff around. That'll make it better. But like classic God, he tells Gideon to go towards his fear. Why? Because there are some things you can't get where you're safe. Some things we are we so hunger for, we have actually insulated ourselves and padded ourselves from. There are some measures of God we can't find in the party and the celebration. It can only be found on our knees. Who knows that in order for God to get courage to us, sometimes we need to be in a situation that requires courage. And and in order for God to get patience to us, never pray for that, because uh, we have to be in a situation that requires patience, but we hate that, right? We all want the victory without the conflict or oh, a sense of relief without the pressure or the thrill of the view without climbing the mountain. But God says to Gideon, go into the enemy's camp. Because while he was there, Gideon overheard the enemy talking amongst themselves and one guy talked about this trippy dream that he had. (laughs) Legit, this is in the Bible. had this dream where this loaf of bread rolled down the hill and smashed into their camp and completely destroyed. And his friend was like, that's Gideon. That's the Israelites. That is God telling us that they have the victory. And Gideon listening on had his chest inflamed. He was filled with courage. And it says he immediately bowed down and worshipped God and then went back to prepare for victory. Had Gideon stayed in his nice, warm, cosy tent, like I know he probably would have wanted to, just roasting marshmallows, he never would have known what they had in them. He never would have had the assurance of victory. There are some things we can't get where we're safe. There are some lessons God can only teach us in our winter season. Can we truly know how brave we are unless we face fear? Can we truly know that we are trusting in God unless we have had every other prop removed? And if like Ricky and I, you are in your winter season and you are finding it hard to digest, things happen for a reason and that there is a purpose to your pain. Because I can tell you, God didn't cause this to happen, but he can turn it around for your good. But if you are struggling to reconcile your winter, where your winter is going with an apparent good God, then at least just take this next part of the story into your soul. It says, before Gideon was filled with courage in that moment, in the enemy camp, before he even went to battle, an angel of the Lord found him hiding and and said to him, therefore the Lord said to him, chapter 6, verse 12, mighty hero, the Lord is with you. While he was hiding in the middle of his fear, the Lord reminds him who he is and says, mighty hero. 
In fact, twice he says, I am with you in verses 12 and 16. And verses 18 is what Ricky and I craved hearing the most, where he says, and I will stay here. The true hero of our winter seasons is the proximity of his presence, the permanence of his presence. He is near. And if you're going through something today, know that God meets you there. He finds you and he is saying to you today, mighty hero, I am with you and I ain't going anywhere. And I found proof of this. Let's go back to that story where the disciples got in the boat and were met with a storm, the story we started with. Can I ask what the true miracle of that story was? We know it wasn't the guy getting out of the boat because that didn't really end too well. So the miracle wasn't the disciples' efforts. What was the true miracle in that story? What made the biggest difference in the middle of the disciples' storm? The answer can be found in Matthew 14, verse 32. It says, and when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. The true miracle was that when Jesus got in the boat, there was peace. Jesus' presence brings peace. And we can take comfort from the fact that in the middle of our winter season, it's not about us trying harder or striving. Our answers are not found in our efforts to get out of the wind and the waves. Our answers are found in the one who gets in with us. Looking back, Ricky and I can now see that our winter season was less of a cruel pause and more of a divine appointment that now enabled him to be living his dream job. He works for Gateway in the active ministries. And I know from personal experience that not every winter season has closure. And to be fair, in the middle of ours, we didn't have that either. It was so foggy. We didn't know what the next step was ahead of us, let alone claiming a purpose for it all. But what we do know and what we can testify to is that God was near. His presence brought us peace and that he was able to take everything, every tear, every struggle, and use it for good. Let's pray. Father, I pray right now for anyone that's journeying through a winter season. I thank you that you are the God that is near. We thank you that your presence, you promise your presence brings peace. And I pray that wherever anyone is listening in from right now, that you would just meet them there. You would give them a sense of your peace in whatever they're journeying today, God, that you would remind them who they truly are, that you would speak courage to their souls. You will call them the mighty heroes that they are. And Father, we just say right now that we trust you to know that whatever we are carrying, whatever we are going through today, you will use for your good. We praise you, God. Amen. It's a privilege to play our part in all that God is doing in and through you. To find out what your next step 
could be or to partner with us to reach more and more people by giving financially, head to our website, elevatechurch.me and download our Elevate Church AU app, available wherever you download your apps.